it's November 10th, 2015, and you're listening to Ghost Stories, a Destiny podcast. This is episode six, and this week we're going to be <laughs> continuing our look at the three primary classes in Destiny. Last week uh, we took a look at the Titans, and this week it's all about the Hunters. Um, and someone typed in here, the choice of true professionals. <laughs> it's true. I'm not going to speculate. Who, oh, there we go. Drop must have said that. <laughs> Drop slash. How you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. Anything going on today? Yeah, I'm still finishing my move and getting everything set up here. And I was just helping somebody through Paradox, uh, part of my one of the members of my clan who just started a hunter. Nice. Uh, did you finally get your ghost back, or is it gone forever? So now I have run that mission three times, and you cannot get Pray to the oh, ghost back once you turn it I, in. I mean, I was there when you turned it in, and you were so upset. Yeah. So... We won't talk about it. I don't want to bring back. I don't want to bring back bad memories. So, uh, and then we've got uh, Beta Chieftain. How's it going, bud? Good. I actually beat Golgoroth this week. Ooh. I, I still have yet to do War Priest or actually finish. You know, do the entire raid. But I at least got Golgoroth this week. So one more section. Nice, nice. Uh, I actually uh, ran the raid this week and finished it and did really. Well. I got a lot of a lot of good stuff this week and. So I'm pretty pretty excited that I went from a 302 to a 305. So I'm uh, actually going to be able to get into the hard raid sometime soon, I hope. Uh, we are missing scooby Deezy and Handsome Dragon and Gabble Ratchet this week. But to uh, fill three seats, we've got with us today Bell Bunny. Uh, she is the founder of the Dames of Destiny and Safe Gamers and co-host on Guardian Radio. So... Bell, how's it going? I'm super excited to be here. And fair warning, I am not like a lore freak like the rest of these people. So. <laughs> I don't, I don't lore either, but I just act like it. I'm here to make the giggles, and that's about it. You're gonna leave here with knowledge you didn't know existed. It's a, it's, it's awesome, man. I, I said this the first episode. Being around these guys, I feel like I know so much more about this game that I've been playing and really enjoy. But it makes me enjoy the game that much more. So, mm-hmm. so I hope we can do that for you too. Um, do you want to? I mean, I'm sure people that are listening are, are listening for you. But uh, do you want to give us your your Twitter and YouTube oh. stuff uh, info? Yeah, well, YouTube I'm just Bell Bunny, um, and then on Twitter because some dude who literally <laughs> has only put like one tweet out ever, like six years ago, is Bell Bunny. On Twitter, so I'm at B-E-1-1-E-Bunny, and I'm seriously tempted to pay this guy off to, like, delete his Twitter account so I can have it. But, yeah, so ones instead of L's on Twitter, and I'm basically Bell Bunny everywhere. Just anywhere. You can find her. You'll be able to find her info in our show notes. We'll put that in there, too. Oh, thank you. Uh, So, let's get started. This week, the question of the week, again, we, we actually... We were going to do a question, but we have a bit of a correction. And uh, Drop, do you want to talk about this one? Uh, sure. This is actually a great observation. Uh, a gentleman named Enigmatic on Twitter uh, pointed out that in our last episode about Titans, we had mentioned what seemed to be a conversation between a person named Payan and Saint-14. And he pointed out that a Payan uh, is not a person. Uh, and all those references, a Payan is a song or a uh, of tray uh, of praise or triumph. So what this actually these items are quotes from songs about Saint Fourteen. So this is a really cool like piece of clarity for us because on one hand this means that this flavor text uh, 
means that these items are referencing Saint-14 himself. We mentioned that they might be referencing Osiris, uh, especially the, uh, the quote on the helm of Saint-14 itself. Uh, and also the other ones, there's the ring and the order of the lost saint. So now we know that these quotes are directly talking about Saint-14. And the cool thing about that is that it lends a lot more credence to this idea of this vigil that was held for Saint-14, uh, where a paean would normally be sung about somebody who has been lost. So this very much paints a picture that once the city realized that Saint-14 had performed this heroic act uh, and then was sort of lost out there, uh, you know, they held this huge vigil for him. The hunters cleared the area so the vigil could happen. And then all these so songs were formed. These paeans were sung about St. 14 and how sort of well-loved he was and how uh, amazing and the, the things he did for the city were so great. Uh, on the other hand, though, this also, sorry, I'm, I can't bring this up. I feel like I've been cast <laughs> as like the anti-speaker now. <laughs> you You kind of are. So, but, you know, with the vigil and these paeans, you know, the city and the general populace believes that, you know, St. 14 is dead or lost, but we know otherwise because we know the speaker sent him after Osiris. So that is, that is great. I mean, we can't thank uh, Enigmatic enough for, uh, for listening and, and giving us feedback. That is so, it's, it's great. We love that. And, and again, we're not perfect. We're a lot of this stuff and people that, that follow the lore at all know that, you know, we theorize on some stuff and, and we try to present the facts and the, the, clearest way we know how and we're not going to get it all right uh but that's what we have you guys for to help correct us and, and make our show better and we will definitely anybody that that has corrections for us uh <laughs> I, I almost hate to say this because we're going to get stormed with all these these theories and that don't necessarily line up with some of the stuff we say but but let us know let us know on twitter you can uh get us at dgo stories on twitter or you can email us at destinyghoststories at gmail.com um, I gotta say something really cool that happened this week, uh, that, uh, Belle was, was somewhat a part of, uh, she joined <laughs> us, she joined us on Slack, uh, where we communicate and it was really, it was, it was great getting her in there and talking with her a little bit and talking about the show. And we, you know, she announced that she was going to be on the show, uh, through her Twitter account. And, uh, we had this Teespring, uh, campaign going that we've, we've talked about on the past couple episodes and again, if you haven't checked that out, you, you really should. If you're not going to buy a shirt, that's, that's fine. But you really got to go see, uh, see what Scooby Deezy put together for us. It's so cool. Uh, it's at teespring.com slash stores slash ghost dash, dash stories. And, uh, anyway, Gathalian was talking about having a destiny themed Christmas party. And one of our guys tweeted out, you know, if you're having a, you can't go to a party without one of these shirts. And I guess Broman saw it and retweeted it and it, got retweeted and liked and, and it was, it was so cool. It was just great. And, and Belle was there tweeting it up a little bit and, and helping <laughs> us out. And so, you know, because of that, um, we want to give a listener a t-shirt of ours. I think that'd be awesome. A, a cool thing to do just to, to, to show support for our listeners and our fans. And so, uh, if you know what we're talking about and know the shirt, um, Get a hold of us on Twitter and just uh, what we're gonna gonna hashtag us with uh, Ghost Bunny, right? Is that what we said? So <laughs> send us a tweet or tweet about our shirt with the hashtag Ghost Bunny, and uh, and you could win randomly a free T-shirt from us, uh, an ugly sweater shirt for Christmas. So 
check it out and and hit us up. But you got to listen to the end for another surprise. So um, let's keep moving this along a little bit, a little, little bit. Uh, Google Play Music, haven't heard any news on when they're going to start their podcast functionality, but we will be on there as soon as they start it. So again, Android users, keep an eye out for that. And let's move on to our new section. This is our second week we've done this, and we're doing this thing called Ignored Lore. This is our... Uh, our rare gear, our stuff that that enters and exits your inventory just about as fast as <laughs> it possibly could. I mean, it, it's in there, and you're like, "Oh, blue gone." Yeah. Um, but we're taking the time to look at it and check out the uh, the sayings on it and see if there's a little bit of hidden lore there. And this week, um, similar to last week, we chose some Titan gear. This week, I think we've got got uh, some Hunter stuff, um, and I think Bell's going to help us out with this one. So the, the first one is our common item, the Rogue 4.5. And what does that one say, Bill? Do hunters abide by the law of the city? Better to ask, in the wilderness, is there law beyond the hunter? So <laughs> that's a, uh, I guess that's a no. They don't <laughs> abide by the law of the city? <laughs> Yeah, well, we we hope so. We we hope they do. We don't know for sure, but but yeah, they're so that that paints that paints the hunters in a pretty good light, in my opinion. Uh, as far well, not maybe not a good light, but it paints them in a light that you know they're out there doing kind of sneaky stuff in the woods, which sounds creepy. <laughs> but but that's what a hunter is. They're out there. They are. They're out there hunting and. and Doing, I am so you know, proud to be a hunter right now. <laughs> I, yeah, me too. Me too. Let's move on before I dig another big hole I can't get out of. Uh, so another common item is the uh, cloak of ragged fortune. Sometimes Bell? the hunter will... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt you. I didn't know if I needed to give you a cue or not. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Sometimes the hunter will lose a cloak in a bet. It's poor form to replace it right away. This so we so, know that. Go ahead, drop. I know you like to talk about the bets. This is something I wish was actually in the game. I could wish hunters could bet against each other for their cloaks, uh, mm-hmm. and then you would know if you saw somebody running around with no cloak that they had lost a bet. That was me all of year one. <laughs> <laughs> I I still I kept my scarf. I kept my makeshift makeshift scarf because I love it, and but I can't wear it anymore because I dropped down too much in light level, but. Well, here's a, there. here's a fun tidbit. If you want to simulate this, what you can do is if you have one of the faction exotic cloaks, uh-huh. equip it and then change your faction, It will uh, the cloak will no longer appear on you even though you still have it equipped so you can run around with a no class item. What? Yep. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, I know what I'm doing. It still drops down so, your light though, right? Because yeah, it treats it, does. it like – okay. <sighs> <laughs> or right. you can delete a character go start a new hunter because you know it's a good idea and then just keep the the non-cloak from your hunter that's what i did i've got mine i've still got mine but it's oh, just you just don't want to drop down yeah yeah kind of a bummer but yeah i'm gonna keep it anyway too. just like i'm keeping my uh my original ghost shell even though it's worth nothing or doesn't do anything i'm still keeping it um, <laughs> do you still have a cabo stuff a what a Kavostov, the, the assault rifle you get at the very beginning? No, I didn't think to keep that. Oh, come on. I thought about it, but I didn't. 
All right. I next thought about item. it, but I didn't think about it. I did. I really thought about it. I'm like, I should just keep. I, I, you know what? I do that in other games. I keep my the gear that you originally get. I never get rid of it. And it doesn't serve any purpose, but I'm like, hey, I still got it. But yeah, I don't know. I'm lame. So, all right. Next and final item is our uncommon item, the Rust Burner 1.5. <laughs> I'm waiting oh, for my cue this Bell? time. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> Man, this is going to be a great show. <laughs> Go for it, Bell. <clears throat> Many hunters incorporate field drives and other Titan plate components into their gear. I love this bit because it very much plays to like the scavenger nature uh, of a hunter. But I love the mm-hmm. fact that there's hunters out there just sort of like sporting random bits of Titan gear. Yeah, so, it's this. It does paint them again in that light that i think you sometimes forget about is rust burner actually supposed to look like like if you look at it closely do you think they actually put pieces of titan related armor into the rust burner pieces the rust burner gear is i mean it doesn't look like titan gear i mean i'm sure if you zoomed in really tight on it uh i think the the rust burner like i think it's one 0.51 0.51 I think has four grenades on the chest which is mm. kind of titan-esque uh, okay. but it's not noticeably I, I don't pay attention to rust burner anymore because as a hunter that is like the number one most <laughs> common thing that drops for you yep. I used to rage quit every single time that I would sit there and turn in stuff because I was all I would get like full sets of rust burner I'm like I was convinced before year two hit that I was like maybe rust burner is super important so if I keep like a whole set of it It'll mean something later. So I just kept it around just in case, and I was it never happened. I was mad. See, I'm disappointed, though. And again, this isn't, I guess, lore-related, but when you have a whole set of common gear, it looks really good together. You know, mm-hmm. in my opinion, I think some of that stuff looks that has a really good appearance, but once you start mixing and matching and get into your, your legendaries, I like a lot of the... the the rare stuff as opposed to legendary stuff, at least the, uh, the aesthetics and, and the way it looks. So, well, anyway. not, to, not to go off track, but, uh, if you get a chance, look up Tengu operant, it's warlock armor. It is some of the most detailed, uh, and like just amazingly designed armor in the game. And it's just like regular common <laughs> garbage armor, but it looks incredible. So, Let's, uh, let's, okay, I'm going to get us on track, I guess. Let's, uh, keep, let's move along here. All right, so, Hunter. Our old worlds have grown feral, rabid beasts with teeth and rust and ruin, of rust and ruin, but such beasts are meant to be tamed or broken. So, who are the hunters? What do the hunters do? What's their purpose? Beta. I'm going to call him Beta. (laughs) Because he didn't want me to. (laughs) (laughs) I know nothing about hunters. Come on, Titan. I know. I know. I gotta suck it up. I do have a hunter. Just never play it. <laughs> but um, So, okay. So, this was pretty basic. Come on. You I know. Listen. So, they're, <laughs> the, the hunters are... They're the seekers beyond the wall. They're, uh, they stalk the wilderness beyond the city. Um, they're, they're very interested in kind of discovering secrets. You know, maybe looking for lost caches or secret treasures hidden out there, left over from the Golden Age. Um they're often used as scouts. They are also very stealthy, skilled assassins and killers, experts with knives and precision weapons. Um, and as we kind of read earlier, they they kind of write their own laws. They 
you know, on the surface, they do what the city wants them to, but sometimes they might go about doing it the way they want to. Um, See, I liked, I liked what Drop said. I think, I think it was in the Titan episode where, um, would you say an or like, like the Titans have the, the what order, right? Yeah. Titan orders. orders. Yeah. And, and the, he said that the, uh, the hunters act or kind of operate more like a club. So whenever he says that, I always think of like a, like a motorcycle game sort of, <laughs> you know, they just, they've got, they've got like these rules amongst themselves, but it doesn't really pertain to anything else outside of their group. So, but anyway, go ahead. Yeah. And I think it's also, uh, and Cade six says this at the very beginning of the, the night stalker quest where he says, what does it mean to be a hunter? I'd say it's all about where you belong. The warlocks have their libraries. The Titans have their walls. But the hunters belong in the wilds. That's a, again such a telling, telling quote, and, and gives you so much information about the hunter. You know, it just where what they where they need to be or where they belong. So that's that's cool. And again, Cade Six said that. All right, before we go into the uh, the subclasses, uh, let's talk about the uh, the history a little bit. Um, Drop, you want to give us a rundown? Yeah. So. Uh, Hunters existed before the founding of the last city. Uh, that's a, a little bit of text we get off the Gunslinger's Cloak, which is a cloak you get when you complete all the uh, Gunslinger's missions when you first start. Uh, and this this plays to way back in the history, you know, after the collapse, when the first Guardians started to arise. Uh, humanity was pretty scattered at this point, and... These first guardians, and we mentioned this in the very first episode, you know, their their role wasn't to be these like weapons of the light and fighting off the darkness and waging these ma- massive battles. Their job was to go out and reclaim uh, what was left of humanity and try and bring them together. And that's how the first city gets founded is because all these guardians are out there sort of trying to reclaim and, and find these last humans and get them together and sort of pull humanity back from the brink a little bit. Uh, and then once the first city gets founded, you know, the Titans start to arise to protect the city and the warlocks to study what's happening. But there are guardians who feel the need to go back out into the wilds and keep doing that. And these are the guardians that really become the, uh, the hunters themselves. So, and that role also starts to shift towards once the city is founded, uh, towards exploration and exploring sort of what's out there and reclamation of old technologies and things like that. Uh, and that brings us to our first big hunter legend, which is Six Coyotes. Yeah. So the. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say. So the, yeah, the Six Coyotes, they're uh, kind of this one of these first hunter fire teams where so they were led by a hunter named Shinobu. Um, and she, she had basically a, a vow. She had made a vow that to protect the refugees or the pilgrims. And so it speaks to what drop was saying where in the beginning, you know, the hunters were very much helping to gather people, get them to the city safely. Um, and they took this very seriously, you know, the Titans we spoke last week, they have their oaths and things when they join their different orders. And the hunters, you know, they kind of have an oath to the people and they make these oaths to the refugees, unlike Shinobu did. So, you know, to protect them at all costs. And so the six coyotes were, were you know, one of these first fire teams to really venture out beyond the city's walls and, and start gathering people to bring back. Yeah, I think uh, the, I was going to say that the six coyotes seem very relevant 
in, uh, you know, kind of the, the current gear sets and stuff that we see because it's very like Native American style that seems like feathers and, and stuff like that all over them. Yeah. And then you, there's right now, we know there's three items in the game that directly reference six coyotes and the legend of six coyotes is a cloak that's been able, you can buy that from the speaker. It's always been available. Uh, but there's an artifact called coyotes luck, which is like a little coyotes paw. It's kind of like a rabbit's foot. Uh, <laughs> Or, and, or, a, or a bunny's foot. Or a bunny's for, for foot. For Bell Bunny. But there's also a pair of exotic uh, gauntlets that have not been revealed yet in the game called Shinobu's Vow. And they, they directly reference sort of uh, this last, not last stand, but this, you know, crazy battle that she sort of waged to get these refugees back to the first city. Do we know that from like the data miners? Is that how we know about the Shinobu's Vow? Well, Shinobu's Vow is in the database and you can read the flavor text on it. There's some weird looking, they do not look like hunter gauntlets at all. Uh, they look like astronaut armor, but hmm. we're also talking, you know, just after the collapse founding of the first city. So it seems like the tech, it's very like, it looks like it belongs to the Takunot armor set, but it's actually Got it. hunter gear. So the hunters, the hunters also had, uh, there's a lot of references to uh, to the hunter's handbooks in Destiny, right? Yeah, this is and this is sort of plays to the hunters operating like a club rather than an established order. There's no real hierarchy to hunters. Uh, you know, there's not like leaders and then next step down and next step down and, and books of how you're supposed to conduct yourself. But there's all these hilarious references to sort of like books that gets passed around, like like the secret rules of being a hunter. Uh, <laughs> and the first one here is named my most favorite thing in the world here, which is uh, <laughs> aphorisms to anger warlocks. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> but this, this also contains a major sort of have to give the the warlocks a bit of a high five here unfortunately uh but one of the quotes from this book is we learned how to blink from the warlocks but please don't admit that (laughs) (laughs) we gotta have to cut that part out by the way (laughs) so none of the warlocks out there hear it (laughs) what's the other one uh so we have another one here it says uh learning without application is like drinking without thirst so again very so, so telling. They're, they're, yeah, they take a jab at the warlocks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because they're always reading their books and, and studying but not doing or, well, I mean, they do, but. It, right. It's the, it's the, <laughs> they don't do as well, let's be yeah, honest. Right. It's, the, it's the, ratio, <laughs> the ratio from the Titan episode last week. The amount of time warlocks spend planning battles versus the time Titans spend winning, winning them. <laughs> Of course, you memorize that one. Yeah, Titan. it's the uh, the way Pujari ratio. <laughs> so, all right, let's keep let's move it along here. Who's uh, who's one of our uh, our people that are that collect these these sayings and, and quips and observations? Isn't that uh, who's that? So I can't say is, that name. Well, this is this is relevant again, uh, just because today on today is Thursday uh, with paradox being the. The Daily, we have uh, Pahanan here, and he has an enormous collection of quotes about being a hunter and and the experiences of being a guardian and things like that called uh, Pahanan's Errata, which is also an artifact you can get in the game. So it's a collection of sayings, quips, and observations by the legendary hunter Pahanan. Do we uh, want to read a few of these? 
or is it <laughs> well i mean a lot of these, there's a lot of there's a lot of this well there's not a lot there's he's he's a weird guy i mean <laughs> in the, so in paradox you know Praetith talks about how behanan was like a little bit paranoid and always talking to himself is when, he the cephalopod guy he's a cephalopod he guy oh that's right <laughs> squid pro quote quote it's amazing <laughs> well, read it what is it what does that one say yes my love for cephalopods is well documented <laughs> <laughs> nice there's another one that's a, an octopus cloak, and uh, and it says, if human extinction seems imminent, try to relax. You're just giving cephalopods a shot. God, he's a weird <laughs> And then he went on to make super good advice, and I don't, he's a weird guy. I'm actually glad that Drake Denior killed him. He kind of deserved it. <laughs> Wait, we weren't supposed to mention that name. He who and shall we're not gonna be bring named. him up this episode, yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe, oh no, I'm not going to get there. I'm not going to start it. No, I well, I could totally well, derail us in another way if you want. <laughs> I think with well, a crazy no, theory. Well, no, no Behanen, There's a quote here by Behanen that's I think that all hunters nowadays sort of understand, and that is, uh, your missions protect the city, look better than the warlocks, but don't look like you're trying. I think we all know that you know a a snazzy cloak, a, a frabulous coat cloak is the uh, the way to go. We're the best looking class, and I say oh, yeah. we because I'm main hunter. <laughs> yeah, it's uh <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, X-ray's losing it here. Um uh, oh, okay. So there's there's some more of these there's some more of these uh these interesting quotes um but we're not going to go into them all um Well here we can we can read one speaking okay, speaking of cloaks and you know hunters and how good they look. So from the Handbook of Uncontroversial Advice, first, check your cloak for damage. Second, inspect yourself for major wounds. (laughs) (laughs) In that order. Correct. (laughs) Your cloak is more important. Um, There was one that that we didn't mention that, uh, well, uh, we'll talk about it later. Um, But uh, there's another, that's the grinder's cloak. Man, oh God, that's the grinder's cloak? See, I don't know how many of those I dismantled, <laughs> but that thing dropped all the time. Yep. See, and I never even read it until right now. I just just realized it. That's I was literally uh, thinking the same thing. I'm like, I have deleted probably a hundred of those oh, at gosh. least. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, okay, let's just read the last one. Might as well. The tracker 1.0.1. Play with the fit and the sensors until it feels like going barefoot. Uh, okay. That's right. And th- those are boots, by the way. So. <laughs> oh, there you go. I would hope so. <laughs> so that's that's a good point now that you know that no matter what boots you pick up, you can adjust them, and that's why they fit no matter who you are. So see? So it's like Marty McFly boots going on? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Wait, someone asked a question. Never mind. I'm not going to go into that one either. There was a question about Back to the Future in relation to Destiny. I don't know how I got there, but... It was definitely kind of crazy. I'm, yeah, it was it was something about if we killed the black heart in the garden, does that a, does that mess up the future? And if it messes up the future, if the travelers from the future, or if the not the traveler, if the uh, the um, speaker or no, not no, wow. the, stranger. The, our, the stranger, yeah, if the wow. strangers from the future <laughs> would the stranger shouldn't the stranger not show up? I'm like what? And they go, you know, like Back to the Future. I said, no, that's nothing like Back to the Future, but 
I mean, it kind of. You have to know. have a Polaroid that they're disappearing from first. That <laughs> yeah, is like back right. to the future. And then yeah. you have to check the flux, check the flux capacitor on your time breaker. See, my here's my, here was here was actually my response to that was, uh, you know, <laughs> I said even though uh, they changed the the past in Back to the Future, Doc Brown was still around. He was just a little crazier than he was before. So. <laughs> That was uh that was about it. But yeah, so sorry again, derailed. Um <laughs> Night Stalkers. Let's get into subclasses. Let's, Let's do, do it. this. Uh draw from the void, light the way. The uh the newest subclass that we have. And uh the 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 lone hunter stalks the night, firing arrows into the darkness. Uh there's no hiding, no escape. In the distance, a beast falters, tethered to the void. The killing blow comes without hesitation, without mercy. It's it's so it's such a cool new piece of of ingenuity and 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 you know just the the their ability that they have and uh, it makes it it gave the gave us as the player such a new dynamic for the game as a hunter because it was always big shots and and blade dancing and and you know you're a killing machine now you can uh you your role is so much different it's so so interesting but uh go ahead uh drop give us a little more about the so about and the this, night stalker this completes kate's quote uh from the beginning of the show it says out there you want to live you better have a quick shot or a sharp blade a lot of us are loners but that's not the only path some of us know the difference a fire team makes some of us we touch the void. We make it a part of us. And then we take a name, Night Stalker. Hunt from the shadows, pin them down, and never let, this, let them see you coming. Uh, and this, this opening dialogue very much plays into the fact that the Night Stalker was designed as a support hunter. Uh, and it performs that role spectacularly. Uh, I will admit to now almost maining uh, Night Stalker full-time. It is... It is such an amazing job, and when you're when you're feeding two titans constantly, <laughs> uh, it is it's unstoppable. It's such an uh, amazing subclass. Well, and and there was something else that uh, that Cade Six said um, in the uh, during that that Night Stalker thing that basically said exactly what you said. He like told us that um, that that it was it was you know something that you were going to hear. Where's that bell? Where's that quote? It's, uh, says something about picking it up is the easy part. Oh, you want me to? Okay. <laughs> you don't have to, you don't have to. I thought no, we were no. talking. That's fine. Um, picking up is the easy part hunter, putting it down again. Well, you'll find that it's addictive, that power. This weapon is something special. Your light gets twisted, changed. You find the power to punch through and borrow something from the other side the void opens up a hole and draws from the deep go ahead carry it a while hunter you'll feel how heavy it can be seeing that was that that goes right into to what drop was just saying about himself you know man i play it and you don't want to stop being a, a a night stalker because of just the the awesome power you feel like you have when you're you're doing this you can you know i i'm the same way right now it's like when i go into when i go into crucible i still I still want my golden gun or my blade dance. So it's like whenever I switch, it's such a hard thing to do, <laughs> but I do it, you know, Oh, here recently. So I was working on, on the sword quest and of course I had an arc sword, tried to get, 
you know, a bazillion kills with Ark. I'm like, ugh, I don't want to do Blade Dancer, but I, I had to for this. But, uh, but yeah, you just don't don't want to put it down. And and I've heard a lot of people who were Titans and Warlocks say. I played Night Stalker on my Hunter, and I think I might be a Hunter now. Yeah. And that tells a lot about, yeah, I, I've heard, I swear I've heard that from a few people. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there's, but there's not, um, there aren't a lot of Night Stalkers in the game, though. You know, we, we're seeing them all over now in, in the, the game world, but in the lore, we didn't really know about them, and we really only know about, what, the one that we got the bow from? Is that right? No, we, we've, there's references to others. Oh, are there? Just uh, we don't really know any of their names, right? No, that's true. So, yeah. I can't uh, help but... Oh, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, say, I can't help but imagine that part of that's because, I mean, just looking at it from, like, the development perspective, like, not, not to take us back out of lore here, but, like, realistically, I, I guarantee a big part of that's because they probably weren't decided on. If you think about it at the beginning... They probably knew the original subclasses for quite a while as they were building up all this back lore, right? Whereas these most recent subclasses are ones that I think have been kind of played with as they go. And so they may not have incorporated them yet. And I bet I hope that's a giant yet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But really quick before we get too far past like the the quote from Cade um, that we were Uh talking about at the beginning of the Night Stalker stuff, it just, this, it kind of triggered something in my head when you guys were talking about the whole hunters all along from the beginning were always kind of a a lone subclass kind of group of (laughs) gamers, right? And, um, And that's kind of reflective of how hunters in the lore are. Whereas then you also, you throw in the the Night Stalker and yeah, we become that support class finally. And it kind of made me think about, um, you guys remember back when they had that trailer, the Law of the Jungle trailer from way back before the game was out? Yeah. Maybe. I do. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, the whole concept is, you know, talking about the whole, like, the strength of the wolf is the pack. And the strength of of the pack is the wolf. And I feel like I couldn't help but feel like because of the using a wolf, talking about the jungle, um, even dealing with the whole, it's kind of like, uh, I feel it's a reflection very directly of of hunters because they they have that same kind of thing where it's like, we're kind of loners. We're going to do our thing. We're going to break some rules as we need to. But when it really matters, we know how to come together and help each other out and then we'll walk away again. Right, and that goes actually into what we talked about earlier too, or what Drop was saying about the uh, the Saint fourteen kind of vigil thing, right? Because the hunters had a big part of that. Right. Yes, they were keeping off the killing fallen and stuff to keep them off the out of the city. So yeah, so and that's very good point. Good point. And that even plays into items in the game, too. I mean, the speaker sells a cloak called Strength of the Pack, which features a wolf mm-hmm. head. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. It belonged to a famous hunter. Ooh, famous hunters. <laughs> I know we're not there yet, but we'll get there. <laughs> well, it's funny, leading into this next sort of quote about Night Stalkers and what you mentioned about Crucible, I still run Gunslinger in Crucible, uh, but there are so many times where I'll be like I'll be getting teamed up on and I'll I will jam Shadow Step and only to realize too late that it's not there. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh yep. man. But it's hard to give up the trip mines. 
Yeah, it is. It is. Absolutely. So, but there's a, and that, you know, and I get my shade step from Graviton Forfeit, uh, which I absolutely, it was the first exotic I decrypted in year two. Uh, but the quote on Graviton Forfeit is really interesting. Uh, this is by Tevis Larson, who's the the one Night Stalker we know the name of. Says, it doesn't matter how good you are. You stay out there too long, you're not coming back. Not the same way you left anyway. And this sort of gives us a hint that drawing from the void for a hunter changes the hunter. Uh, there's a there's a weight, there's a gravity to being a Night Stalker that the other two classes don't necessarily experience. See, I, I think that's partly because, you know, you think about the, the gunslinger and, you know, it's still guns, it's still loud, it's still just, you know, boom, boom, boom. And even the, the I know that the, the blade dancer is supposed to be a little more stealthy, and it is, it is a lot more so than the gunslinger, but it just seems like you still have to get up close and personal, whereas the night stalker is like kind of from a, almost like, almost like a, like a silent sniper, so to speak. Um, you know, and so there, you think about a sniper and the, the whole solid, you know, solitude piece that you always see in movies and things like that. And if they're by themselves, then, then, uh, I just freaked out because I saw Bell post something and it was like a sideways heart and it like turned. <laughs> Did you guys see that? <laughs> Holy moly. I'm you're like, oh, what is he going to say? And then I'm like, what did I do? <laughs> so, so it's doing it again. So, okay, sorry. So we've got this, do- this show document up and we're, we've got a chat on the side and, and Bell types <laughs> oh something. Gosh, and she, yeah, it did it, it again. No, it really does. Here, watch, watch. Ready? Watch it's this. It's hilarious. So yeah, he typed, she typed a little, little less than sign with a three and it turned, oh man, I can't watch that. I gotta get it. I'm, I'm leaving chat. It's too distracting. I'm done. Oh, uh, that one right. doesn't do anything. <laughs> So we'll either have Gabble cut that or leave it. It'll be his call on this. Um, that, and now something's sticking. Who keeps dragging me back into this thing? Leave me alone. Um, all right, all right. Anyway, they're they're the silent kind of sniper types. That uh, uh, why did we invite her on this show? <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm sorry. Did I get fired? I don't get to replace you anymore. <laughs> uh, um, so anyway, like I said, but you know, I just I just think that that again. That being alone and being kind of that 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 uh, soul kind of like I said sniper type um, changes you when you don't have things to talk to. Look what happens to you. Look at Toland and yeah. and, and look at uh, at at some of the other characters we've talked about. They get a little little right. Well, even they change. Go they back, change. Go back to Pahanan as a hunter. He created super good advice, so he'd always have someone to talk to. Yeah, that's true. So as as the non-hunter in the group, I kind of have a question. Like, we keep, or you guys keep talking about, you know, Night Stalker as the support class. But it seems like from the lore, they're kind of anything but the support class, right? I mean, they're, you know, they're deep undercover, um, kind of behind enemy lines, right? Well, this is interesting because uh, there's references to Night Stalkers working in teams, uh, and we get this uh, from the Blade of Night quest, uh, where they talk about Night Stalker scouts aboard the Dreadnought. Uh, and it very much seems like Night Stalkers probably work together probably in two or three, maybe like strike teams, not necessarily full fire teams. Uh, and it's strange because 
you know, this job is supposed to be support, but our major encounter is this guy, Tevis Larson. Uh, and he guy operates almost exclusively by himself. We know he was really good friends with Cade, but other than that, we find this guy alone out fighting the Vex. I mean, he was sent there by Cade. We'll get into that a little bit later. But a more interesting thing here about Tevis also is that, you know, there's this great quote which is, I gave up on the Traveler long ago, but when I heard the Awoken had found a way into the garden, I couldn't resist. Uh, Lore-wise, this is interesting because it means that a Guardian, and what this could necess- may represent a huge sort of revelation here uh, when it comes to talking about some Hunters later on, uh, it seems like Guardians may have the choice to not follow the path of the Light. Uh, and here we have Tevis, talking about sort of the void changing him and being a night stalker changing him and then this, you know you know giving up in this whole idea that the traveler's salvation and it gives us this light and things like that so it's kind of interesting yeah yeah i'm not going to bring up any of the other hunters <laughs> right now that that might have affected so all right so yeah so we have night stalkers you know and they're very much referenced as scouts and forward-moving troops. Uh, They're sent out by Cade to sort of get eyes on things uh, before they send in sort of like the heavy-duty troops. So, and then, hey, let's, as long as we're here, let's talk about Duskbow, uh, (laughs) which is uh, the sort of the signature of the Night Stalker and uh, their super shadow shot. So, so, yeah, what does uh, Ikora Ray has a couple things to say about the shadow shot, I think, right? Yeah. Or, well, one well, we thing get this in particular. We get this idea that's a very difficult skill to master, and Tevis gives us that information. It says the secret is to have no fear, and that plays back to the beginning about sort of like hunting the beasts uh, in the wilds. You know, you sort of you can't be afraid out there. You got to. Once you master your fear of the void and the darkness and you're not afraid of it anymore, you're able to harness it. But uh, yeah, Ikora. And of course, this quote would come from Ikora, but Shadow Shot <laughs> is not the most destructive use of void light I've ever seen. But with adequate support, that's irrelevant. What a jerk. She's just she's just <laughs> talking about she's just talking about the, the void abilities that yeah. warlocks let's, have. Let's paraphrase. It's no Nova Bomb. Right. <laughs> But ways, <laughs> and uh, and Cade backs that up. Cade says almost the exact same thing. Uh, a night stalker's bone may not kill with the first shot, but considering what follows, it doesn't have to. Although but he said although it in a way that makes honest, us sound tough. I get killed right. by the first shot all the time. The <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Trust me, the enemies don't go down that easy with a with one shot. So yeah, but uh, but yeah, man, that tether is just amazing. So. Love it. Love it. Lord Shax says some stuff about the, that as well. He says a, a Night Stalker's shadow shot capitalizes on opponents standing too close together. The seasoned Night Stalker can scatter her enemies on... I like how it says her. Her enemies on threat of shadow shot alone, opening them up to all manner of unrelated hazards. And that is so true. <laughs> if, you, if you played... Uh, Night Stalker in control, then you know that, uh, you know, if the other team knows that you're a Night Stalker, they will not group together. Uh, I was playing Trials of Osiris last week and it came down to an overtime 
and the other team knew that I was out there and they were very cautious about moving to that capture point knowing that I could just jump over the top of a box and tether all three of them immediately. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty powerful that it's just it's it's like it's it's getting to the point where it's like hearing the it's it's, it's like hearing the hammer drop, you know. It's oh, that uh, noise is terrifying. It is. Nothing is as bad like, as that. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's yeah. It, it's it's really not. But uh, it it is if if it's a Saint Fort, <laughs> Saint Fourteen throwing hammers. Um. So, all right. A Night Stalker's bow leaves behind very precise scarring. Uh, the ghost says that one. Yeah, ghost says that during the Night Stalker's trail quest, which is the quest to unlock Night Stalker for hunters. Yeah, that's a that's a fun quest. Uh, I like that one, um, mm-hmm. but uh, but again, it doesn't. I mean, we get we get some backstory to this, and and we talk about Tevis, uh, but uh, what else do we do? We kind of do we know anything else really about him? We know that he was friends with Cade. Yeah, so uh, it's interesting here. This guy Tevis. Uh, there's a lot of quotes by him and a lot of different gear uh, and a lot of different quests have flavor text by Tevis himself. Uh, he was a close friend of Cade 6, although Cade said that he always cheated at dice, which is funny coming from Cade. <laughs> uh, but in that Night Stalker's Trail quest, we learn that Cade sent Tevis to explore the Vex Gate network and try to map it out. Uh, and then we, along that quest, we find Tevis uh, was killed in the Black Garden, you know, and this is goes to the quote above where he said he had left the traveler behind, but the the Awoken had found a way into the Black Garden, so he had to come back to try and capitalize on that, and it turns out to be the last thing he ever did, unfortunately. Uh, and then during that quest, he passes on this, the Dusk Bow ability to our Guardian. But when you start to dig, you find that Tevis was all over the place. Uh, he had had interactions directly with Rasputin. Uh, and that comes right from the Promethean Code quest. Uh, he didn't trust Cade that much. And in fact, we'll talk about something uh, a little bit later in the Blade Dancer section where Tevis basically flat out calls Cade a liar. Uh, and we also know that he was a pretty older and more experienced hunter. Uh, and he was well versed in both Gunslinger and Blade Dancer. Uh, both quests uh, complete the path for those two subclasses are quotes by Tevis uh, where he talks about, you know, knowing how the jobs work and, and the intricacies of those two subclasses. So he's been around for a while. Uh, but other than the, the references to Night Stalkers scouting the Dreadnought, uh, he's the only real Night Stalker we know of uh, and the only one ever mentioned by name. Wow. Yeah, that's see that's where I that's what I meant earlier when I edited and I didn't know if there was anything else uh mentioned about any other night stalkers, but apparently there are some we just don't know any of them by name, right? No, we don't. Well, you know, later on we'll talk about Cade. Uh we don't know what subclass Cade is either. Uh but in that opening to the Night Stalker quest, uh you know, Cade very, you know, he says, we, we touched the void. And whether he means hunters in general or he means Night Stalker specifically, it's not clear. So there's a chance that Cade himself could be a Night Stalker. Uh, man, I want him to be a, a gunslinger so bad, though, just because of the way he... Well, it's just, I, I think back 
to the uh, to that lost to, lost to light quote about the uh, about uh, Tolan's journal, and you know he just when he says you know cling or what to say cling close to your gun. Uh, oh yeah, what was that? You know that line? It, it's something about keep yeah. your gun close or something like yeah, that. Yeah, cling fast to Tolan's journal, uh, and then Kate says cling fast to your gun. Yeah, and that right there makes me just think. Yeah, he just he just goes out guns blazing, you yeah. know. But uh, well, he also maybe not. That, I don't know. He also has that great line when Eris is talking about how the the Taken are not bound by terrestrial constraints, and then Kate says, "I bet they'll be bound by terrestrial bullets." <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, you know, I, I like to think of him as a as a gunslinger. What do you think, Beta? What do you think about Kate Six? What do I think about Cade 6? <laughs> Man, you are... <laughs> golly. We should have acted like this during the Titan episode with him. Uh, really? Uh. <laughs> I think... So, right, you don't have to answer. Don't answer. We don't want to know. I, I Apparently, you don't care he's enough. probably... He at least has knowledge of Blade Dancer, I think. Um, well, if we want to jump into Blade Dancer right now... Yeah, I, let's Cade, jump right. Cade says that he stole you know, the stealth tech from Rasputin. Um, and, and then this is what Drop mentioned, Kate or not Kate, uh, Tevis outright call, calls him a liar. He's like, no, that's not how it happened. Um, but maybe, maybe the truth is somewhere in the middle. Maybe Kate couldn't figure out how to go invis. So he got his stealth tech from Rasputin and then all the other blade dancers figured it out some other way. But, um, so, you know, maybe, maybe Cade is a little bit blade dancer, but he, yeah, he doesn't seem as big a knife guy. He seems more of a gun guy. So I'd go with gunslinger, you know, as his main, if I had to. All right. Since we're voting bell, what do you think? I would say, I'd say gunslinger. He nice. just, I don't know. There's the, the fact that the, the whole ace of spades for me and the, like you were saying, he just, he reads and I'm like sitting here trying to look at his armor and stuff and see if I can get like any kind of hint. Like <laughs> what is he wearing? Is it like giving him some kind of benefit as one kind of class or another? Do the um, shoes match the purse or whatever? <laughs> but cloak, I don't know. He cloak. just, yeah, he reads as a gunslinger to me. <laughs> yeah. And that's just, that's, that's like the, that's the one it starts you with. And because he seems more, old school in a sense to me i guess i don't know if that makes sense yeah. but i it's just yeah he looks gunslinger i like to think about that that quote from tevis where he's saying don't believe Cade" is almost just you know because they they obviously are friends uh i guess i guess uh to, to the, to, you know as, they, as, as good of friends as they can be at least and that just reminds me of stuff that me and my friends would be like, you know, and even what we were doing earlier when we were talking about the show notes, you know, it's like, oh, did you do this? No, he wouldn't do that. Oh, I did that. And well, <laughs> you know, it, it just kind of go back and forth. And it feels like if the if Cade is really as kind of, of ornery as he sounds and, and, and just kind of funny as he is, I picture this Tevis guy to be kind of like that friend that's kind of the opposite that like tries to keep him in check, but. Necess- can't necessarily do it. Yeah, there's a and, quote uh, by Ghost. There's a quote by Ghost that where the Ghost calls Tevis a cussed old man, exactly the kind of person that Cade would like. <laughs> right. See, and so, so yeah, that's what I think is like. Like he's like, oh, he said he did that. Well, no way, <laughs> you know, type of thing. And uh, so, so, I don't know. Well, yeah. uh, maybe we'll, hopefully we'll learn more about Tevis <laughs> in the future. That'd be awesome. I, I like. I like. I said earlier, you know, I liked the whole. Uh, and I'm going to say the names, 
the the dredge and your and and uh ward story uh, just because it's just because it's singular people interacting and stuff like that and i'd love to see more of just like a like a tevis cade type of thing or just more about cade specifically i know we got a lot of information about him with the taken king uh, well more information about him but uh but still, it's just like I want the, I'd love them for them to expand more on some of these individual characters a little deeper. So, yeah, that quote by Kevin like with Tolan, is, that's is why great. you like Tolan so much, I, I think, because there's so much information out there and he's so interesting because of that. They could do that with so many more of these characters and give them, you know, these these huge kind of backstories and stuff that would just really draw more people into picking their favorites. Yeah. But uh, so Blade Dancers, what do we got? Yeah, let's jump in a yeah, let's jump in a Blade Dancer here. So, I mean, the grimoire is basically tells us what we already know about blade dancers. There's something to be said for the blade. A knife won't jam. A knife won't run dry. A knife is very, very quiet. Leave the noise and fire to others. There's work to be done out there in the dark. Monsters that deserve death. Delivered quickly, silently, and without mercy. And then, for as much as I'd love to be like, oh yeah, that's exactly what blade dancers do. No. <laughs> Blade dancers are crucible monsters, not PVE monsters. So, but uh, they got you know they got a few unique tricks, and Blade dancer I think was very much the support, quote unquote, class subclass before uh, Night Stalker came along, and a huge part of that is owed to what we talked about before, stealth. Right. Uh, and I, we also mentioned you know Blink earlier about learning that from the warlocks. Uh, so, I mean, let's just jump right into it. Let's jump right into Arcblade, sort of. There's a lot to be said. There's a lot of great quotes about Arcblade, uh, and uh, especially by Shax, who does not particularly like it. And there's actually a great little <laughs> sort of like back and forth between Shax and Cade about Blade Dance. So, but this is the, the grimoire, uh, grimoire reads directly. Uh, Set aside your weapons and lose yourself in the blade trance. Arc light galvanizes your armor and hastens your movements. And when your knife finds a target, it discharges a snap of annihilating current. For as long as the trance lasts, you are the very shadow of death. And I think anybody who played year one crucible knows that. Yep. <laughs> Indestructible <laughs> knife machine. <laughs> so you read, you read that with feeling too. So that was, that was nice. Um, but I want to I want to back up just for a second, just because I I just want to say that that the the straight blade dancer grimoire that you read about monsters that deserve death delivered quickly, silently, without mercy. That is a scary, scary line. I mean, to me, to me, it is. I, I, I compared to all of the other descriptions of the subclasses. That one right there makes you think, oh, my gosh, that's that's the the that's the scary one. That's the one that's going to going to kill everything in its way but they'll never know they were there you know and so it's just and i i like it and i actually that's why hunters is my class i actually i take back what i said about Cade. maybe knowing a little bit about blade dancing because we have the uh the quote from the quest backstabber where Cade says if blade dancers seem a little unfair it's because they are no room for honor in a fight so even Cade, it seems kind of. <laughs> Ow. Yeah, know, I see what you're saying. Even more gunslinger because he even he's kind of against the blade dancers. Well, that's a that seems like a direct response to a quote by Shax too. That is, there's no honor in how the blade dancers arc light seeks out targets and they revel in it. <laughs> so it's very much. I think it seems like arc blade, especially in Crucible, is considered to be like a dirty, dirty tactic. Uh, so. 
so a hunter that's a blade dancer in year one with a thorn was like the dirtiest player. Who needed so a thorn? So that was pretty much me, no, right? Shotgun. Blink shotgun. Fell winter's <laughs> Blink. There you go. There you go. Blink fell winter's with a thorn and <sighs> I don't even know what. You don't even need anything it, else. I'm getting like PTSD just talking about it. It's bad. <laughs> blink, blink shotgun, blink shotgun. When your blink cooldown was up, you pop arc blade and kill whoever's left. I picture uh. Bell after this going and sitting in the corner just rocking real fast. I'm like rocking. <laughs> it's year two. It's year two. It's okay. So. <laughs> All right. So uh, who do we uh, who do we know that are some? Do we want to talk about some of these famous blade dancers or? or well, I'll, I'll bet Drop would probably agree with me just to mention, we don't know for sure what class or subclass Eris is, but the whole fact that they're without honor, you know, I know Drop's not all for Eris, so maybe she's a blade dancer. So. I think, I, well, well to, to, I think that with as long as she survived down there, she had to, I mean, I know that she had Kate, uh, Kate's journal, damn it. Uh, Tolan's, <laughs> Tolan's journal, sorry, Kate on the mind. <laughs> Um, so she had Tolan's journal that taught her a lot of, of tricks, uh, that I think we, we mentioned before, but, um, but she needed, she had to have some type of advantage to be able to, to be there that long. And I think the, the stealth abilities of a, of a blade dancer are just that. That's true. And the armor she wears, her body armor looks very similar to Lucky Raspberry, which is a blade dancer Mm -hmm. hunter armor. Yep. Because you get the, uh, the arc bolt grenade. Yep. chains further which is sad yeah. because they nerfed arc bolt grenades in year two i know i hate that so. <laughs> but, uh, but uh what's one go ahead but yeah you know so there's a possibility that eris was a blade dancer but it's pretty it's pretty cut and dry that the one of the other hunters from the first code of fire team was a blade dancer which is sai moda uh, and she is a complete badass, too, by yeah, the way. Yeah, she's a monster. <laughs> uh, so, and it's funny because, uh, you know, in, in a lot of the texts, you know, she talks about her knives. Uh, there's a very specific quote here in, uh, where Sai says, my knives are eager for another dance, which is pretty telling. Uh, but there's also a quote by Eris where uh, she mentions that uh, uh, you as a player character may be better than Moda ever was. And you can read that as sort of like straight praise where, oh, you're better than Sai Moda. But it seems like Eris is really, really attached to that fire team. Even though they're all dead, Eris, give it up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let it go. Uh, there could have been a rivalry between Eris uh, and Sai. Uh, in terms of, I mean, I, w- I would only imagine that if you get two hunters in the same place or on the same team for too long, they're going to start to compete. I mean, that's just what they do, <laughs> and especially blade dancers. Uh, but yeah, Sai, Sai Moda, she's a pretty pretty badass uh, uh, blade dancer. There's also references of, you know, once her knives, uh, Moda was so close, clawing her way out with the bones of Acolytes. Her fall was Omnigul, so she died to Omnigul. But uh, there's also references that sort of once Sai Sai lost her ghost pretty early on, she was with Ariana, uh, that once even her light ran out, like once her that arc energy failed her, she just started using bones, like acolyte bones to kill things. Like <laughs> uh, she was, yeah, she was a beast. 
isn't yeah that that uh, that quote from Eris talks about that right? It says Moda was so close, clawing her way out with bones. Yeah, torn from acolytes. Ugh, that's. But okay, so Eris knows this though, right? So did she observe this happening? And if so, why wasn't she helping? What's that? More holes in Eris's story? <laughs> Eris. Ugh. Man. Well, she, unless Eris unless... was kind of a kindergarten, it seems, back then. Maybe she was just too terrified to help. It may, yeah, possibly. I mean, it's, someone's got to speak for her, right? So. I or or we we speculated on the fact that she might have some type of of extra communication skill. Yes, with, thank you. I I've always thought that because of her little green glowy ball of whateverness. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I always had this theory. Like back before they even like before Dark Below dropped, before she really existed, we got our first glimpses of her in the trailers. I questioned on Guardian Radio. I was like, you know, I because she holds it like, like somebody who's holding a crystal ball would hold it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And it, it's it's always read. I always thought it was like a piece of like Crota's sword or something that gives her some kind of connection, some kind of insight, so she can see past and possibly even future things that are going to occur because of that connection that she has. But that was always. Well, and I don't know if you... Also, because the whole, like, being... Looking like she's blinded and the whole, like, soothsayer kind of concept as well kind of fits in with that that, that whole foresight, but... Back in our episode uh, two, I think, when we were just kind of going through the regular story... Or no, I guess it was three. We talked about the failed Crota mission, right? Or fire team. Right. Um, You know, Drop was talking about Eris and the fact that she did some... some, I think I'm going to try to quote Drop now. Some pretty gnarly self-surgery. Uh, she uh, she replaced her own eyes with the eyes of acolytes. So, considering that she's got parts of the hive in her, you know how and and mm-hmm. and she's she's kind of worked a little bit of this. What I want to you know the tricks that I think Tolan taught her might have a little bit to do with this this little bit of dark magic from the hive, possibly that he was tinkering with. Um, you know she could she could have some type of of connection with the hive through through that through the fact that mm-hmm. she lives with part of a high part of a, a a hive being in her um so i always and I, I like i said i mentioned this before too you know that whole kind of hive mentality where they can communicate through pheromones or through noises or gestures or or communicate long distances with with uh sounds you know there's a chance that she's getting some some feedback from the hive you know some, and maybe she's wiretapping yeah and so maybe she didn't observe this directly maybe she observed this kind of secondarily through the eyes mm-hmm. or through the through the memories or thoughts of the other hive that observed well this through omnigul because if omnigul is the one that was there and if, if you if you go through whenever she's walking you through omnigul experiences in the game right she's i mean you can tell she is not a fan of Omnigul, like beyond the normal. Yes. Eris is kind of creepy and hates everybody. <laughs> like she, I mean, Omnigul really disturbs her. You know, like she, she cannot handle her and I, I can't help but wonder if maybe it is, maybe she observed it. You know, she watched this happen to this person that, that she knew through the eyes of the person that did it or the thing that did it to right, her. Right. Exactly. So, all right, enough uh, harping on Eris. She's had enough done to her <laughs> lately. Um, but, but yeah, you know, again, great points as far as, as that goes. It's, it's, uh, 
it's Eris is a as crazy as she is. Not I hate saying crazy, but as as kind of, of dark as her character is and, and kind of mysterious. Uh, I, I, I do hope, I mean, I know that we'll find out more, but I just can't, I can't wait for it. You know, it's like I'm mm-hmm. itching for more heiress. So maybe we'll, maybe we'll get that sooner rather than later. Um, what else do we have anything else really to talk about the, uh, about the blade dancers or is it time to move on to gunslingers? No, I, th- I mean, that. I mean, we cover most of the the Blade Dancer lore here. Uh, you know, there's a couple of sort of like random quotes, especially by like Shax uh, and Zavala, just talking about the comparison, like how hunters use arc energy versus how titans use arc energy. Uh, and it very much here where you know hunters is all are all about utilizing arc for speed, whereas uh, titans utilize arc for explosions. Yeah. Now, I think you know I didn't I didn't think about this before, and I'm gonna jump back again to the Titan episode where we where I think you drop speculated that Zavala with that crazy killed look in his <laughs> eye would be a striker Titan. And I, this this quote that he makes, I, I wanted to mention this because this quote that he has um, about Blade Dancers again make me think that he's a little envious uh, as a striker of the Blade Dancers because he says. Blade dancers lack the striker's strength, but even a striker must admit the blade dancers move at a velocity strikers can only hope to match. So it's almost like him as a striker is like, man, if I could be that fast and be a striker, oh my gosh, I would be <laughs> unstoppable even more so than I already am, you know. Auto-tracking fist of heaven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, he, yeah, I think, I, I think that's a great quote and it really speaks to sort of like the blade dancer mentality. But I think any blade dancer who's been shoulder tackled by a striker <laughs> titan would think otherwise. Yeah, but any any uh, striker titan that gets shotgunned right as they're getting ready to shoulder tackle someone is not happy. <laughs> Man, that happens to me all the time. That's the worst. So, Maybe we'll all get right, let's. You're two pair of green griefs. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, all right. Golden Gun. Let's yeah, talk let's some Gunslinger. It. A wolf who lives for the perfect shot. A lone wolf who lives for the perfect shot. Um, we we know. I think. More, I don't know. Does it seem like we know more about the about the Golden Gun or less than than the other classes subclasses? Well, it's interesting because you know if you look at the whole Dwindler's Ridge saga. And you look at some of the other things we've got in the game, like the guns from Tex Mechanica uh, and some of the stories, it very much seems like after the collapse, Earth was in like a quasi like futuristic Wild West state. And from there, like we you immediately your mind goes to the gunslinger. So the lore goes back a little bit further and it's a little bit deeper with the gunslinger because it's synonymous with the the picture that's been painted about that time in the history of earth and the destiny timeline right right so and then i mean the golden gun just makes total sense in that regard (laughs) (laughs) sun gun so it says here, yeah, uh, hand cannon burning with solar light, uh, loaded with three rounds of sunfire. And that's actually, that's referenced by Shax as well. It says only a hunter would think to use their light for gunsmithing, but I have to admit it's effective. Uh, but apparently 
there's also a great quote here by Tevis, who's calling out uh, <laughs> greener and greener hunters. <laughs> Why is it golden? <laughs> Fundamental force we're dealing with here. Solar energy, right? Like from the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I picture him saying that to Cade now because of... I was just going to say that. <laughs> I imagine Cade's like half drunk and he's like... Dude. Why do they call it golden Why again? Why is it golden? <laughs> <laughs> and Tevis is just so just annoyed by the whole situation. <laughs> I gotta drag him home again. And uh, so yeah. Yeah. Um who's that in our sh- who's in there messing around in our notes? Oh, did somebody sneak in? Who is that? I don't know. Who is that? Meh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, we handsome dragon stealthily like a blade just, dancer yeah, crept up on dropped, us. Dropped in from orbit there. What's up, buddy? How you doing? So, well, I had a bit of lag on my end. Had to had to jump in, reset the uh, Xbox, and I'm good to go. <laughs> nice. All right. Okay. So everybody, back to the top of the notes. Let's do this again. Let's start from the top. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. All right. So we are talking gunslinger right now. Uh, you got any? Uh, we were just uh, mentioning how Tevis was explaining why the why the gun is golden to somebody that really annoys him, and we we're speculating that it's Kate Six. So, um, yeah, yeah, I swear you kids come out of the tower greener and greener every year. <laughs> why is it gold? Ugh. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> he definitely is pissed off right there. He's like, man, and I could only it's it's again. I picture Cade as a brand new hunter because we said Tevis was an older hunter, right? So so he very well could be kind of a, a mentor type, you know, like a Mister Miyagi type to the 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 big dumb Daniel son of K six. <laughs> but uh, but well, now Cade yeah, and yeah, Tevis Kate. go pretty far back. And the fact that we have from Cade's journal that, you know, it's extremely likely that Cade actually was at the collapse, survived the collapse, and was probably one of the first hunters or the first guardians, probably before, before Tevis. You guys <laughs> like to burst my bubble all the time. <laughs> no pun. Hey, as a titan, you've been shooting my bubbles for, <laughs> for far yes, too I long. Have. So that's right. Golden gun goes <laughs> two shots right through that bubble. <laughs> so, uh, so the golden gun is also our only subclass that, uh, that makes a weapon from their light. Right. What's Lord Shaq say about that bell? Well, a gun. Cause if we could count the, uh, <laughs> I'll say the bow. The bow yeah, <laughs> we could count the bow. Yeah. Although this, this, uh, this quote probably comes way before that. Only a hunter would, I'm just, I'm done. <laughs> he cues me, and then he talks. And then <laughs> Maybe I should be the one that's done. You're our guest. I'll let you run. You run things. It's all yours. Okay. Well, then, we're going to talk about... No, um, only a hunter would think to use their light for gunsmithing, but I have to admit, it's effective. Or is that the one you already said? Yep. Didn't you read that? I did. Why am I reading it again? I couldn't get enough. He wanted it again because I because I liked it. Um, You're fired. Well, carry it, carry it, forward uh, into this again. You know we cannot go an episode without mentioning Osiris. Why would you, oh, right. brother? <laughs> yeah. uh, so here we have we have a quote from Brother Vance of all people about the Golden Gun. Take it away, Bill. 
Okay. <laughs> the sun's light purifies all it touches, such as the gift of the golden gun. Its light blesses those who stand with the wielder and burns away foes foolish enough to stand against it. And that is why I still run Gunslinger and Crucible, because one one clean shot with a golden gun shuts down pretty much anybody. Mm-hmm. Except for, you know, those OP Titans with their hammers. Uh, yeah. That's two shots. Uh, it's called Celestial Nighthawk, and it shuts down anything. <laughs> <laughs> then you're very limiting to your abilities to kill multiple people. Yes. Yeah, well, if you, you, I mean, I use uh, over penetrate and explosion. So go ahead, get get in the bubble, see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh. Uh, and that's it's even better at the uh, that Cade quote that's next was I keep hearing guardians complain about gunslingers in the crucible. <laughs> so, but you know, I like the. I was gonna say there's a there's a, uh, a ghost hunter fragment that tells a uh, tells that awesome story about an unknown female hunter, um, and. Uh, Right. I don't know. I'm, go ahead. No, go this, ahead. Is what, this, this is actually something I know something about. <laughs> go for it, man. Do it. Yeah, so we have the... Uh, the. Let me look. Okay, I don't know it as well as I thought. I got to double check what Grimmer came from. <laughs> Ghost, <laughs> Ghost Fragment Hunter. Um, so, yeah, it, tell, it talks about... It's an unknown female hunter. Um, a gunslinger, from what we can tell. And basically, she is stationed on Venus... Not stationed. They don't obey the city. She is exploring Venus. And she gets a message that sounds like it's from Cade. The message isn't signed, so it's kind of under the table. But basically, whoever this message is from, most likely Cade, it it says that there have been reports that the winter Kel, Draxus, has been spotted on Venus. And they want this hunter to check it out. And also they want the hunter to remember a promise that she's made. Um, we don't know what that promise is. It doesn't mention it, but we find out later that she does scout the area. She finds, um, Drax's ship, but whatever this promise was, it precluded her from actually going in and killing Draxus, which was actually extremely hard for her because from what we can tell from reading, she's holding quite the grudge. Um, she has imagined ripping his throat out with her armored teeth, um, <laughs> so she she is not a fan of Draxus, and also to me that means she might be an EXO. That's as what well. I was just gonna say. Yeah, with the armored teeth, and so I don't know. Um, drop if you have any theories, and it kind of goes back to this. There's a lot of hunters, but we don't quite know who they are. Yeah, well, it's interesting. You know, I was reading through this as well, and this is a very interesting story. Uh, you know, originally I thought that this could be uh, Anna Bray. Uh, she's a hunter. We know she's a hunter because the that cloak we talked about uh, at the very beginning, uh, Strength of the Pack, was her cloak and her sigil, uh, which is a wolf's head, which is also interesting because the wolf's head banner belongs to the Iron Lords. So she could have been associated with the Iron Lords. We don't know. Uh, but she was at Twilight Gap specifically, which means that she may have faced off with Draxus in the past when the Fallen attacked during the Battle of Twilight Gap. So there's a chance that Draxus could have just, you know, killed a bunch of her friends and she could be holding a grudge here uh, and then scouting Venus for him, uh, looking for him could be sort of like a revenge plot. And, you know, Cade steps in here, uh, 
you know, we know that Kate is associated with Clovis Bray uh, and became an exo. So the chance that Anna Bray also underwent that same process. So they could have a really long history together uh, and plenty of opportunities for them to interact, uh, make promises with one another. And we still know uh, Cade has those hearts for somebody. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, this theory gets shot down, uh, unfortunately, uh, in the quest to get no time to explain. Uh, and Lakshmi, too, very clearly states that uh, Anna Bray is dead once you turn in the bracelet of Anna Bray, which is found in Twilight Gap. So, but it's possible. I mean, there's other guardians, you know, who are believed to be dead who aren't actually dead. So, and it wouldn't surprise me if you have a hunter who would rather let the world think that she's dead so she can pursue a mission of vengeance sort of unencumbered rather than have to answer to anybody uh, who thinks she, who knows she's still alive. Right. Did we say she was an XO? We we think, or do we not know? The armor, we, we the, think since she's Anna Bray. Well, the, ar the armored teeth line. Yeah. So, uh, so it's the stranger. <laughs> oh, just throwing it out there. Well, no, because <laughs> the stranger is not a guardian, specifically not a guardian. Uh, and and we know for a fact that this hunter. Do we know she never was though? Yeah, and she also very explicitly uses golden gun uh, in this grimoire card. So. Hmm. Anyway, so, what I was going to say though was, could could uh, Lakshmi maybe say she's dead? Um, because she's now Anna Bray one or Anna Bray three, <laughs> you know, if she's if she's an XO and and maybe got reconfigured, um, maybe that's something that that uh, is considered to be, you know, the the one that he's referring to is no longer with us, but the new one, the new and improved Anna Bray is uh, is sitting over there in the bar waiting for waiting for Cade. Well, this, this story is interesting. It's super interesting to me because it ties into a theory I've had for a long time. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip ahead into other hunters we should mention here. But this ties directly into this sort of background story between a hunter named Andal Brask, Cade Six, and this particular hunter here. Uh, Andal Brask used to be – he was the hunter vanguard before Cade Six. Uh and he was killed explicitly by Tanix the Scarred. We know that from the Grimoire card, Tanix the Scarred. Uh, we know that Andal and Cade were really close. Uh, and it was with Andal Brask that Cade made the Vanguard dare. So this is a, a fun bit of lore that exists where hunters almost never volunteer to be the hunter Vanguard. They have to be sort of like lose a bet basically or dared into it <laughs> uh so brask and cade uh made a bet with one another the vanguard dare that uh you know whoever died first didn't have to be vanguard <laughs> and in this case andal brask died first which means cade was on the hook for being the vanguard uh we know that cade wears andal's cloak in memory of andal uh, and we know that that is a very solemn vow. Uh, from, there's an item called the hard case cloak. And the flavor text is, uh, if you learn nothing else, learn this. When a hunter takes up the cloak of a dead comrade, it is a vow. So here's, here's my theory. <laughs> and this came from a, a Reddit post when somebody was asking about the queen's bounty for killing the Archon priest. Ooh, I like this theory, too. Go ahead. Sorry. So in the opening of that strike, uh, Cade says the queen's bounty is high, uh, so the, the target must be valuable. But we never actually get that bounty. So here's my theory. 
Tanix killed Andal Brask, uh, who was a close friend of Cade. And this means Cade had to begrudgingly take on the role of the Hunter Vanguard because he lost that bet. So then we know Tanix goes on and raids the Prison of Elders, uh, and he frees Ascor, the Archon Priest. <clears throat> so now Cade is stuck in the tower, and he can't go hunting for Tanix himself. He can't get revenge. Uh, personally, but what he can do is he can issue a vanguard strike to find Ascor, which will hopefully lead to Tanix. So Cade can't kill Tanix personally, but he can send us uh, to hunt him. <clears throat> so that's sort of why I believe there's no bounty from the queen, because the whole thing was manufactured by Cade. Uh, and we know that Tanix freed Ascor to be the Archon of House Winter, who is led by Draxus, the Winter Kell. So simultaneously, he's sending us to go after Ascor, and he's sending this unknown female hunter to find Draxus, uh, because they were the last people to hire Tanix the Scarred, and Cade has a huge grudge against Tanix for killing Andal Brask. Mm -hmm. Even if they weren't great friends, Cade probably is more you know, mad about being stuck as the vanguard. <laughs> I lost a bet because of these guys. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's my that's my my theory on on this unknown female hunter going after Draxus. And it would make sense that Cade would find a hunter who has a grudge against Draxus because they'd probably be very personally invested in finding him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that theory. I, I think it holds mm -hmm. some some weight. Yeah, so. and it's definitely <laughs> obvious in the uh, just playing the game and watching his character that he doesn't want to be in the tower like he, no, I think he, if he there's one quote from him if you if you're standing next to him long enough well he'll, he'll kind of just whisper you know take me with you yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it was creepy the first time i heard it honestly but it's, it's pretty funny <laughs> i just like i like looking around like what? who said that <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got a bunch of quotes like that where mm -hmm. he talks about oh it should be me out there or mm -hmm. i gotta get out of this tower or mm -hmm. But we also know he's only got one year left. Uh, if you stand around Cade long enough, he'll say, uh, it's calling me. Thank the Traveler, I only have a year left. So there's only... Has he said that from the beginning? Or is that a recent ad? That's a recent ad. Okay, so is that like maybe their way of hinting that he's either going to be out and about with us at some point or that he's no longer going to be our... Like, is he going to choose to still do it because now he likes it? Or is are we going to lose Cade? And is part of that maybe because the actor's no, not going to be available? All, of, all <laughs> of year three, we are appointed vanguard, so we literally just stand in the tower. <laughs> <laughs> Handing stuff out. That's it. Or, or far worse, Eris will be appointed to take oh, Cade's Lord. place. <laughs> oh, I don't know. No. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, we have taken up the cloak of other fallen hunters i mean we definitely have at least there's at least one i can't remember which one it is but it's the there's at least one that is definitely the flavor text hints that it's a a hunter's cloak some yeah. previous well, hunter's cloak that we have <laughs> there's a crucible cloak called all my victims cloak uh yes. it's crafted from the cloaks of other hunters other lesser hunters does, it, does that count <laughs> like do we <laughs> is that a is that a vow then that we have to <laughs> see that one bothers me a little bit because Whoever's cloak that was, wouldn't that have implied that they were like a traitor or like a like a renegade type? No, no, no. It means they, that they could have lost a bet with the main hunter and had to give up their cloak. 
we know that from the very beginning. So maybe it's one that's been passed around a lot because it's it's plural. Uh, so it's, yeah, okay. I guess it doesn't really mean that they killed like these club. other people. So. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, uh, we know just sort of outside the game that Nathan Fillion, who's the voice of Kate Six, he likes mm-hmm. that character uh, and he does an amazing job with that character. So I would be really it would really be upsetting if if we lose Cade because Nathan okay. Fillion decides. I doubt we would. I mean, yeah. he's been involved in, in Halo for how long? And even while he's doing this, he still went back to Halo for five so like i doubt he would ever back away from unless he absolutely had to i agree when he he comes on the show we'll ask him (laughs) (laughs) it makes me wonder are we at some point maybe gonna actually have kate out in the field like with us are we maybe will we actually finally get to have an experience because he'd be perfect i mean we've never really had somebody by our side before but he would be kind of the perfect person to go do that way I mean, the solution about being entertained. For, uh, for matchmaking in your in in year three <laughs> you'll just have, you'll just have famous short. guardians come out with you <laughs> maybe maybe he's gonna be the next speaker he talks enough maybe they're gonna change that whole meta of the speaker not talking enough for for drop yeah. <laughs> he'd, he'd fake his own death before Wait, can that you, happened can you imagine can you imagine if you're playing a crucible match and it's six on six and somebody drops out of your team and now it's six on five and you see a message that says Cade six has joined alpha <laughs> the other thing i could see him doing is if uh maybe he you know makes another bet right towards the end of his year because he can't help himself and that'll be their excuse for his keeping him in the tower as he he just, he gambled again that's and our, he lost. That's our big quest. We have to we have to make him lose the bet against we'll us so he stays him. there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this rabbit hole's pretty deep. Let's uh, keep yeah. moving on. Um, <laughs> so we so we talked about uh, we talked about Cade and we talked about his the Vanguard Dare with yeah. Handel Brask. Um I don't know if we mentioned this though when we talked about Anna Bray. Um, you know, she did fight at uh, the the Battle of Twilight Gap. Yep. Um, did you mention this drop? We did. Yeah, this okay. is where she first could have encountered Draxus. That's right. Yeah, the whole wolf's head banner. Okay. Cool. Um, so, but we know a little bit back to Golden Gun. Um, yeah, do it. And you guys may have mentioned this before I got on, but I mean, this is a bit of a rabbit hole too. So, you'll have to forgive me. But who do you? I mean, there's a lot of theories out there on who the first gunslinger. Uh, no, they're not nope. talking about that. Nope. nope. <laughs> That's that's for a Dwindler's Ridge yeah, episode that Dwindler's might happen. <laughs> all right, all right. That's gonna be a, <laughs> never mind. No, so go ahead. You can go ahead and finish asking your question, but I don't think we know near enough information really to okay. to, to well, go well, into that now or, or have the had, time. Yeah, I know Drops said he had some references to kind of say one way or the other. So I thought maybe you could share those. But you know, Shinoffer, he's kind of a lot of people think he was the first gunslinger, and a lot of you know they'll look at. The actual golden gun, if you pause during your super, it looks similar to the last word. And we know that he was the, as far as we know, he is the last person to have the last word. So drop, I guess. I look forward to hearing those theories in another episode. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a big story. For our listeners, we got in a massive, massive debate in our in our team chat on Slack about that whole saga. So that's going to be an amazing episode. But you know, and, we, and we poor, really... poor Bell had to witness the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think she avoided it kind of like the plagues. Like, whoa, what's going See, on here? 
No, no. See, I avoided it because I didn't want to trump all of you with the fact that I know for a fact who the first golden gun was. Oh, do you? And and that would be James Bond. I mean, ah, there you go. That I can't can't deny that right there, right? But actually, the gold gun wasn't his, was it? No, it was not. Yeah. See, it was fine. You know what? It belonged to Scaramanga. That's right. So fine. Uh, <laughs> Either way, but, it has to do with James Bond. You're all wrong. <laughs> well, I think I, anybody yep, anybody who it. played Goldeneye uh, way back, yeah, the Golden Gun was pretty hacks. Uh, One shot KO. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, <laughs> those matches were crazy. Odd job. Um, okay, so back on. Oh, I want to talk about this one because I liked this this little tidbit, and I know it. I know there's a the drop had to throw. You know, I've added some stuff to this, and drop had to put in some plot hole theory stuff. But uh, <laughs> but I still I still like it just because it's it's again another unknown female hunter uh, and a, an entire fire team uh, that is escorting some uh, survivors back to the city. And during this time, they are in uh, it's on the rusted lands. I think uh, Grimoire card. Yeah, this is one of my favorite um, Grimoire cards. Yeah, and and it's it's really it's really good the descriptions that that happen and, and we don't have a, a lot of the quotes, but um, of this of this fire team they they end up meeting up with some some hive and there's some really cool descriptions about about the uh, the wizards and and knights and and stuff attacking and things like that and uh, and at the very end it says uh, only one guardian returned to the city. Her knife painted in black ash, a trail of grateful survivors in tow. So that tells you that, you know, even though she lost five of her fire team, they still did their duty and, and got these, got, I'm assuming all of the survivors back, but, you know, that could be a few short, I guess. Um, but, but it was just kind of, it was cool. And again, you know, like I said, another, another unknown female hunter. Um, and it seems like, to me that as we talk about a lot of this lore that you know aside from like Cade Six and and uh Andal Brask um a lot of the the hunters we talk about are female again it doesn't mm-hmm. it might be might be just something that that is is another x-ray I was, was going to bring that up because every time it's it's all the all the ones like the more historical <laughs> hunters seem to be there are a lot of females and mm-hmm. I, I find that interesting the fact that every time every single time that Shax has been quoted that you guys have brought up referencing hunters he always says she it's not like he interchanges right. it it's purely always she so either he's referencing somebody specific or he just generalizes I guess because majority are which is interesting to me because normally in you know, I think a lot of us would be used to the idea of, of that, that outlaw that on their own in your face, kind of <laughs> throwing knives at your head <laughs> is, is going to be more masculine, I guess, like by stereotype. So I think that's actually really cool that there's this, there's so much of a female representation with that. And that makes me more intrigued by it. You but. ladies are scary. That's what it is. You're ruthless. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ruthless. I'll throw a knife at your face Ooh. if you piss me off. Ow. Man. <laughs> well, thanks so much for joining us. Uh. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, this is, and I, I love this. And this this card is like a very brief summary of exactly what it is that hunters do. Like they they're out in the wilds, they're scouting around, they're exploring. In this case, you know, this is the Eastern Flood Zone. It's a zone that's kind of locked off to us as the players, uh, other than Rusted Lands as a Crucible Arena. Uh, but they're out there, they're in the wilds, they're exploring, and they they come across survivors all the time and you know they say it's now our job their job is to explore but once they find survivors or refugees their job changes and it becomes they get them back to the city safely and this is a great little story about hunters performing that duty admirably uh but this is also like i said giant plot hole (laughs) uh because in the story when we play uh, it very much seems like we're the first people to discover the hive on Earth. It's like the third story mission, which is the dark beyond. Uh, the speaker seems very surprised and, you know, oh, did mankind's ancient enemy has come back to Earth. And ah, but in this card. Yeah, but so you just said back. Right. But I'm, this card, this card happens before the crucible is founded. Because Rusted Lands doesn't become a crucible arena until after uh, this happens. Because it becomes a crucible arena in honor of this fire team. But if these hunters had encountered the hive on Earth way before we came on the scene, how come nobody knew about it? Did they did they not report? Like if you had one hunter, like I said, knife painted in black ash with a trail of grateful survivors in tow, did she tell nobody that they had faced the hive on earth doing this? Like how did, why is it such a surprise when we find the hive on earth when they've clearly already been fought on earth by this team here? Well, how far before the crucible was founded do you think this is? Because I believe in that mission, Ghost tells us, you know, the hive haven't been on, I've been here in centuries. So could yeah, this yeah. card have been centuries year old, years old? I don't. Well, I don't think so. Because so the Crucible was founded after the Battle of Mare Imbrium. Uh, so and we know that's not that far back in the timeline. Otherwise, Eris would be, unless Eris was trapped down there for hundreds and hundreds of years. Uh, you know, this seems. It's very much seems like the the timeline is you know. You know, give or take fifty years here between those particular events. So this this definitely happens uh, after Mare Ibrium, uh, before the Crucible is founded. You know, and okay, and then we come on the scene and everybody's shocked that we found the Hive in Skywatch, but they've in fact been in the Eastern Flood Zone for a while. So, and this is you know, again. I, I, I'm so sorry to get into this, but I think this is the speaker just sort of suppressing information. <laughs> hmm. I mean, it could, even if it was reported somewhere small, or even if it wasn't reported, the fact that people might not have come across it might just be, I mean, were, were people necessarily other than groups of, of guardians or hunters really going out and exploring far off <laughs> spaces at these points you know like would could could there have been a group of hive that were hanging out for a while and nobody just happened to come across that area because an area people avoided i mean if if there were survivors there and she did report it and it was a bad area wh- what would be the, i mean it literally says there and says a feral community 
it's not exactly an area that somebody would naturally go to regularly to check it out, especially after somebody's already been there, right? Right. But she brings these people back to the city. Right. So so none of that none of those survivors talked about like amazing battle they witnessed, you know, between a group of hunters and these ancient hive who have been stalking them for a long time. And why didn't this hunter say, Oh like I faced off against a wizard and there's a hive cedar in the eastern flood zone like this <laughs> what? <laughs> How come yeah. did you not tell the band? I like, guess like I'd I'd wanna see the exact text like from from the mission you're talking about to see how like like I'm not doubting you yeah. I'm just saying like I guess I'd have to like hear it or see it to know exactly like how shocking is it actually or is it a matter of just oh my goodness they they really are back again because just because our ghost says that they haven't been here for centuries I mean our ghost isn't necessarily all-knowing even though we kind of assume that he is (laughs) you know i mean there's a chance that maybe maybe there has been some discussion maybe the speaker does know maybe somebody does know about it and it it happened it's not but it maybe it's not in hindsight compared to something else that may have occurred around that same time is it minuscule of an experience to five people or whoever she rescued compared to some other major event, you know, maybe it's just kind of swept. I don't know. These are a lot of maybes again, but like, I think we're also assuming that, you know, you're talking about a feral community, which also means, are these the type of people you're going <laughs> to, if a whole bunch of people come back that have been kind of living in their own little area that everybody's forgotten about, my assumption would be they're crazy. <laughs> like, I mean, just just to admit it, you know, if, if they bring them back to the city and there's these people walking around going, oh, my goodness, I saw this wizard and, and it tried to kill people. And they're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Like how many drinks did you have? You know, like, so I, it just, it makes me wonder the type of people and how people would have responded if they did talk about it or not. And then how many people are we talking about? You know, cause it's, if, if there were only two survivors say, that's, that's not a whole lot of people to carry on the well, story. It's a trail, so I don't, we don't know how long a trail is. Right. But I mean, could have been. Yeah. I can, I can trail you and be one person. I don't know. I'm just saying like, yeah. we, we don't know well, how many well, the for sure. Part is, why didn't the hunter report this? Right. Uh, True. At the end of the card, it says, uh, the discovery of a hive cedar has made the truth plain. Mankind's ancient enemy has come to Earth. Maybe she didn't report it because it's on a bray and she's thought dead and so no one could know. Well, well, the way to fill here's, <laughs> well, here's, here's the way to fill this gap. Uh, the way to fill this gap is to say that this happens literally days before our guardian comes on the scene. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how fast Shax and his Red Jacks can turn an area into a crucible <laughs> arena. I mean, they did it pretty quick with the Dreadnought. So, I mean, a, a, a timeline that supports this is that, uh, you know, our Guardian is arisen. We go on our first mission to get our warp drive. While that's happening, this is happening in Rusted Lands. This hunter comes back, reports that the Hive are there. We're sent off to do... That actually makes a lot of sense. A dark beyond. And then we come back and talk with the speaker. And when the speaker says the hive have returned to Earth, he's not talking about us discovering them in Skywatch. He's talking about this report from this hunter. Yeah. I like that. I vote for it. Sounds good. <laughs> nice. There you go, Drop. You filled, you filled the bottle. This is only... You hear that, John Ryan? We fixed stuff for you. <laughs> although, although, not to... not to. Dang it. I wish I hadn't said... But... <laughs> but 
The last line of that card, though, saying, Now in the chilling shadows of the hives pods, guardians hone their skills in hopes that they may one day live up to the heroes of the rusted lands. That makes it, again, maybe it's just the wording, but it it makes it sound like it's kind of been this, like, legend that's been passed down for a while. So, like, if we're talking about a matter of days, I mean, maybe hunters really share their stories really quickly and it becomes really epic really fast. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, because they lie a lot, whatever, but... um, it does definitely make it sound like it's it's more of a legend kind of to live up to. Dang it, John but. Ryan, we didn't fix nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we, if we they give us some dates and times, do you know we'd actually mm-hmm. know? But for people like me who work in the timeline, it's maddening. <laughs> All right, so so Bill, One scenario two. Go ahead, hands. Okay, sorry. This I'll do. I'll be quick. But <laughs> Bait is so annoyed by hunters; it's hilarious. <laughs> If we know what happened between Mario and Brium and the Crucible, which we think is a pretty short amount of time, you know, what if this happened almost at the same time of Mario and Brium, and then maybe they got back to the city to report things, but I mean, thousands of guardians had just died or were in battle, or you know, that wasn't this little tiny group of hunters wasn't really the priority at the moment, so maybe it just didn't get the attention well, it should have got. If thousands of guardians died at Mare Imbrium, and then you have a hunter come back saying, hey, you know those hive that killed all those guardians on the moon? There's some on Earth. I just fought them. Yeah. I think it'd be a pretty important thing. That's true. Well, then that's, that might be why the speaker uh, swept it under the rug. Yeah, exactly. That's so, why he's a liar and you shouldn't trust him. All right. Let's uh... – <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's get into one last one last bit and, and Belle expressed some interest in this. She said, Ooh, I like this story or this 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 uh warlock story. Um how's it fit into the hunter world, Belle? You wanna tell us about this one? Okay, yeah. I like this one. Um partially because we did an audio grimoire for it on Guardian Radio and I got super intrigued. Oh, it was cool. one of the few that I really paid attention to and we had the discussion afterwards. So, <laughs> um, but no, so basically the story goes that there is a warlock who I guess had one too many, <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, surprise, surprise, but no. Um, and basically him and this hunter were kind of friends and they were hanging out playing cards and, um, Okay, and basically the warlock's got this like broken vertebrae in his pocket, and it's an Ahamkara uh, bone, and he says he borrowed it from the Cryptarchs. (laughs) Um, And he shows off the bone to the hunter, and he's kind of cocky about it. (laughs) And he's like, you know, trying to talk about how a hunter, you know, no hunter could have ever done, you know, brought down an Ahamkara and gotten this vertebrae from it and she's just kind of like at first she's kind of like eh, whatever you know like it talks about her cleaning her nails with her knife which i don't know why but i love that image of a hunter um but he kind of like he pokes it at her for a while and and then she ends up kind of being like oh really you don't think that a hunter could have done this and the warlock realizes that he's basically triggered her to go try which means that he's concerned that she's going to basically go die and then can i go into the really cool part though yeah that we know okay so then when they introduced the artifacts to us with year two there is a hunter artifact that is um an ahamkara scale and the flavor text talks about how i don't know the exact wording if one of you guys knows but um basically it's 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 her stating oh i guess i did do it huh 
And it's it's kind of like it was just the moment you see that it's just it's so cool how it ties it all in because it's kind of like a minor story, but then you get this piece like this artifact and you're just like so yeah the uh, it's the it's the hunter good. artifact and it's called the Ahamkara scale and it says yeah and that warlock thought I couldn't do it ha yes <laughs> so <laughs> like I just uh, love that in yeah. your face <laughs> that is it is cool so yeah but, but I think it, I think it shows a lot about hunters there again of this whole like it's that whole challenge, right? If they're challenged with something, if they're dared, they're going to go make it happen yeah. or they're going to die trying. Never met a bet and they I think wouldn't that's take. A perfect. Right. <laughs> and I just think, I think it's cool that like, you know, the other person we have as an example of that a lot of times is Cade. And you know, we've, he kind of fails at it a lot. <laughs> Whereas it's kind of cool having this, this hunter who took that dare, which was way more crazy than one Cade has probably taken. And she actually succeeds at it but yeah that's uh that's awesome I, hunters are great i mean again i'm i'm biased i'm a hunter i love the i love the hunters <laughs> and the the subclasses and everything uh and don't get me wrong i've got my titan i've got my warlock my hunter just gets a lot more love so uh, <laughs> man this has been been so much fun and i think we've i think we've about come to the end uh and uh and we, we might have went a little longer than we planned, but this has been such a great show, and I've, I've had a good time. Because um, you've sidetracked us so much, X-Ray. Me? <laughs> I don't know if it, it was... It was those hearts in the chat. Yeah, it's our first <laughs> guest ever. Um, uh, <laughs> here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw in another fun artifact that I absolutely love. It's a hunter artifact. So in the game, everybody knows the black wax idols. Yeah. Uh, if you read the, the flavor text, the last line is definitely not made of wax. But there's a hunter artifact called Wax Sealed Case. Uh, and it says, definitely not made of wax. Probably actually a case, though. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, yeah, they did a, a good humor, job. There's humor injected into a lot of the hunter stuff. Yeah, I wonder why, Cade. Um, <laughs> so, all right. With, with that, I think uh, we're going to shut this one down. Uh, thanks for everyone tuning in, listening. And, and a huge thanks to Bell. Thanks so much for coming on. It's been a, been a great episode. I think we've probably laughed and made more jokes, and I got distracted more than normal. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, super fun. You're going to have to come back and visit us. Uh, and uh, it's it's awesome. I, I Great, great time. The Handsome Dragon, thanks for dropping in last minute. Um, but, uh, but glad, <laughs> no matter what, glad you were here. Um, and we will be back next week. I don't know what we're talking about yet. We haven't really nailed that down. Uh, we're still, uh, we're still trying to decide. Ooh, warlocks. Yeah, we've actually we had a lot of requests for warlocks. Um, everyone really seemed to like the Titan episode. Uh, we we still we've got a we've got a couple things under our belt we got to work on. We've got a got to get a Book of Sorrows Part Two out there. Uh, talk about some warlocks. Um, see what else is is happening that we can we can talk about. Uh, again, if you want to reach out to us and let us know what you think, you can find us on Twitter at dghoststories, or you can email us at destinyghoststories at gmail.com. Um, just feel free to, uh, to shoot us any theories you might have on what subclass of Hunter you think Cade 6 is, or, uh, or any reasons you might think Hunters aren't the master class. But if you do remember, you're wrong. So... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't write that one. I just read it. Um, oh, you know what else? 
Bell, for joining us. You know what? We're going to give you a, a special T-shirt for the Vault of Glass for this holiday. You can get. You're going to have a, your very own ugly sweater shirt. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, and, guys. And you can you can pick what uh, which design you want and uh, and color. We'll talk about that later. But uh, but yeah, so it, it's great. And like I said, it's so much fun to to be able to do that. And and again, for all you listeners. Hashtag Ghost Bunny. Send us a message on Twitter, and uh, we will we will keep an eye out for it, and we will randomly pick a winner to also receive a shirt. Uh, so, and if you don't win, you should go buy one or buy one for a friend because they're really cool. And if you don't want to buy one or can't at this <laughs> moment, just go check it out. I, mean, I can't say how. Just I, go look at just it. Just go look at it. I, I've, I've been I, every chance I get, I take a peek at it, and it's just it's it's so neat. Like I said, I wish Scoob was on here. He uh, he. Got to, he got to talk about it during our uh, festival, The Lost Whisper, uh, a couple weeks ago after we first got it finished. And uh, man, he did such a great job. And and uh, actually, who was uh, another uh, Bungie Informer saw that and and retweeted it out too. So so uh, we've had a little bit of backing from the community, and 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 it's it's awesome. It's just so much fun. It's a, it's a really neat thing. You need to check it out. So that is it. Bell, say your goodbyes. Uh, well, thank you guys for having me. It was a super big honor to be your first guest. And even if I don't always know what I'm talking about, I know that hunters are the master class, and that's really what this whole episode was <laughs> yeah. about. So, um, but yeah, so it was a big honor. I'd love to come back on sometime. And um, I guess I don't know. I'll do my little plugs. You should check out Dames if you're a female gamer in destiny and if you just are looking for a positive group to game with look at safe gamers and um i don't know i'm on twitter and i tweet a lot like if you follow me on twitter like if you follow at be11e bunny like be aware that i am like i think mark on guardian radio said i was the tweetiest tweeter <laughs> ever tweeted a tweet. to ever tweet out of the tower or something like that yeah so it's and it's true i yeah but anyway i voted for the I'd borderlands to makeup too by the way Yes. I thought it was awesome. Like it? I did. I liked it a lot. It was a really cool. Um, so she gets super involved with the community inside Destiny and outside, and it's it's great. So definitely check out Belle. Uh, go go find her. Go find her stuff. It'll be in the show notes. Um, Kyle Drop. Oh, sorry. You were the same person. Kyle Drop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> drop Beta Handsome. You guys, uh, we will we will see you all next time. And uh, it's, man, we need to quit doing these late nighters because I'm getting punchy. <laughs> so, all right. We are out of here. See y'all. Have a good night. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>